All right, and we're live back here. They said we couldn't make it to episode two, Max. Welcome to ex- episode two of the Young Old Heads podcast. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Tommy, aka TV Sports Cards, and I'm here with my other co-host, Cards Max, aka just regular Max. Max, how are you doing today? Um, it's bright and early. It's uh, most people say that it's like six a.m., but it's it's the ripe ten fifty-five a.m. I have a very card cluttered desk uh there's a lot of topics to talk about today yes and i'm ready to jump right into it that well that's how they that's how you know we're we're old heads is that we're here (laughs) early morning i mean i was up texting you at 9 a.m this morning on a sunday yeah i was up at like 7 30 a.m yeah granted i didn't do much but like i was i was up like i was awake like i checked the box that i didn't sleep in yeah well, it's a big day of cards. Um, I know you had a busy week personally and uh, professionally in your card experiences. Uh, do you want to give the listeners a little recap of the Cards Max Weekly Space that you had on Twitter this week? Um, the Cards Max Weekly Space is always a fun time. Um, every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern. Uh, last night, last week was unofficially on Wednesday. But um, always talking cards, always talking very fun stuff, a little bit spicy stuff too. But uh mm-hmm. Everyone and your mother is there. What what were some of the topics discussed this week on the in the space? What were some of the topics? I heard dis- it was a bit chaotic this week. Yeah, I'd say there was more chaos than discussions talked. Yeah. Um, I know, Tommy, you are always a weekly attendant. There wasn't anything yeah. too spicy like the rookie card autograph vehement dissection that we had two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But all I can say is that there's always something up my sleeve. Yeah. And uh, I just want to say that I love your space. I love that we can actually hear each other's voices. I know we, we're in replies with a lot of different dudes on like Twitter and Instagram every day. But you know, it's good to hear some actual voices, you know, hear where people are coming from a little more. Um, I, I appreciate that you do them. And I, I hope that more people can kind of get involved with it because it's a good way of meeting people and uh, learning stuff about the hobby in general. Yes, for sure. I love to learn, learn, learn. That's, yes. That's- so speaking of learning, education, Max, this week we're talking about uh, something that you always tell me, which is ABS, always be subbing. So do you want to maybe tell the people, the listeners at home, what what ABS means, what it means to you, how, it, how you live and breathe it every day? Oh, well, I guess, you know, always be subbing. I just always like, I mean, I'm a very, maybe I'm a little bit abnormal or excuse me, very normal in this, but like, I like to always have a card going out to PSA. Just because it doesn't matter if it's a huge order. It doesn't matter if it's like a one carter, but it keeps me up in the morning. Um, I can check every hour to see if there's a little status update. I always sub through myself just so that I can see these update firsthand rather than uh, bothering a middleman. If, mm-hmm. Oh, well, is this, in, is this in QA1 yet? Is this in the grading stage yet? Yeah. But I try to do weekly subs with PSA's economy allocation. Mm-hmm. I think I sent out a sub of some PSA grading submission for the third straight week. And part of my, I guess, model is I try to buy cards to grade. Like, I don't say like most people, but sure, I'll be on the more um, ambitious side. Oh, nice. I just got a popular guy. Popular guy. guy. What can I say? (laughs) Yeah, I'm squeezing you in today, Tommy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, No, but uh, so... So what are you looking for when you're buying cards for grading? I know it, this is something that is kind of a hot topic, I feel like, in the hobby. Yeah, like, I mean, this is cards to grading. Yeah. Oh, I'm very popular. Today. Oh, my God. 
yeah and you and you say i have too many friends oh we've talked about you having too many of other things yeah do we for the after hours <laughs> that's the ultra explicit young yes the ultra explicit. <laughs> but um with that in mind um i guess the first thing is when you're at shows just pro- i mean again i feel like i'm being redundant saying this but for not everyone this is a given but just trying to buy bulk or bulk ish always trying to couple more than one card in so you can get a little bit hey if you a 75% discount sure beats an 80% discount or yeah. I guess 80% of retail. Yeah, not discount, but you yeah. understand the point that I'm trying to get across. Buying more cards often allows you to get a little bit better margins per, especially if you have a decent method of moving them, whether that's selling on Twitter, eBay, I don't know, you're a whatnot guy or whatever. Oh my God. Turn I'm... off the notifications. Bro. How do I do this? Dude, I, do I, not I, disturb is your best dude? friend. What is? Do not disturb. I uh, uh, never used it before. Oh, my goodness. Well, well we're going to have to deal with Max's notification. Popularity. Um, um, no, but I just like that. I mean, I'm on the East Coast. And even two-day priority, I want to say it takes about five, three to five business. I mean, it takes two to three days to get there. And then let's say another one to two for it to actually process the order at PSA for them to scan it yeah. and the, that it's arrived. So when I'm – I don't want to say whenever I'm bored. But I'll always be checking just to see if there's a little update. It's something to look forward to. And it's a storyline as an adventurer of life. I am very pro storyline and pro doing things. And this is grading. You know, it's one of the few things besides going to shows when you can fit them in your schedule. It's one of the few things that you can actively do both to except for buying stuff online. But aside from like buying new cards, it's one of the only things you can do to both increase your own collection value by depositing more funds in it as well as giving something you know upgrading a newer or already existing card that you have in possession yeah um, and, I, and i think something that i like about your philosophy with grading and like the way that you kind of keep yourself always learning about what what new cards you're buying on ebay or at shows and like grading is that you know i see a lot of people who are like you know i'm a little fatigued with with collecting right now i'm trying to do something new and i think that what you do in your strategy with like always kind of having one or two cards in the process of getting graded or you're always kind of prepping another card to get graded it keeps things fresh for you it keeps you know you're always you're they're not always the same cards going in you know you have different stuff going in yeah cards you like and like (laughs) you want to tell the people maybe about the card the big win you had at psa this week oh i had a mike trout us 175 gold out of 2011 mike trout's True, although we can use that action power we wish, rookie card. Mm-hmm. And I bought it raw. It went through eBay's authenticity program, which I am always bittersweet on. But when I bought it, that was one of the reasons, compelling reasons why I did buy it, because it had that authenticity guarantee. Yeah. Uh, it had a corner issue that I, me and the seller are both convinced was not there. So there's definitely was some concern on if eBay damaged it. And if the eBay did, did damage it, that's just truly a knife through the stomach right there. Yeah, that's but so tough. It wasn't severe enough I to where, look, on its best possible day with that corner, it was getting an eight. Maybe without it, it would have gotten a nine. I was expecting a PSA six or seven given a very bad corner. But it came back an eight. I'm thrilled. I'm happy. Uh, it's not something that I see myself moving anytime in the near future. I've never even owned a base of this card. You know, arguably the hottest 
or maybe not hottest right now, but most iconic baseball card, modern baseball cards in existence, and have a gold parallel of that. I'm happy. I'm going to be having it for a while, I think. That card is, first of all, congratulations. I like that card is so, like, one of the most beautiful cards I've seen. And, like, if you're going to have any baseball card, that is, has to be in your top whatever list, whatever number you want to throw out there, that is one of the top ones. Um, I think Trout's an interesting one with the gold parallel because you know that I love the gold parallel rookie cards, um, especially the fla like flagship gold parallels. It's because it's not honestly the most iconic parallel. Like for most guys, like the gold parallel is the best one. There's a few, you know, modern Ooh, yeah. examples. But with him, it's like the diamond is considered probably, is probably trades at a premium, right, to the gold. I know the diamond because I think, I want to say something like double offhand when I was checking. Yeah, that's crazy. These comps, I want to say PSA 8 Diamond yeah. Anniversary does like 4K. But yeah. I guess just applying the always be subbing kind of mentality with it. Mm -hmm. When I bought it, look, when I bought it, I knew that it, you know, sure. It's like, okay, I bought it with the intent of hopefully getting an 8 even before doing the corner issue. Yeah. Because it was a little bit off center. I bought it for its raw price and compared to PSA eight comps, I'm and after grading fees. I want like if I sold it today at like eBay bin. Yeah. At previous comps, I'm probably already up like five hundred dollars. Yeah, that's a huge, it's a huge one. I don't have to disclose a corner. I don't have to score disclose any printing issue. There's no more concern about we're also from a buyer, a seller, and most importantly, a collecting standpoint, it just improves the experience if you can stomach shipping it out to California and getting another person's eyes on it yeah and i i think people are you know i think psa with their new 50 dollars submission thing is you know and hopefully they can be a little more efficient with their response i think what was scaring off at least me when i first got back into collecting was just like how long it was taking it just felt weird i don't know i actually had a psa order that i sent out in january of 2021 pop friday it actually popped the same day as the trout and you can you you want to tell the people what you graded in that sub? Or oh, is that too embarrassing? It's an absolute massacre. Um, <laughs> I graded uh, I graded a Luba, Luis Robert rookie cup paper 2021. Granted, it's like a 49 card order, but I'll yeah. give you the highlights. Give um, us the lowlights. Give us the lowlights. Oh, I was saying that was irony. Um, you say <laughs> Luis Robert, uh, like second year Dodgers, Mookie Betts, um, Luis Garcia on the Nationals, Dylan Carlson. Um, that's four cards right there, right? Those these are, are base cards for the for the yeah, listeners. These are all base home. cards. Um, <laughs> those are all PSA sevens. Every card yeah, literal there. PSA sevens, dude. Four I can't PSA believe sevens. this is so funny. Um, I got a Gavin Lux rookie card. Actually, I sent in two. Um, ah. One six, one nine. <laughs> um, I did get some tens. I got a nice streak of two Nico Horner tens. Of hey, he's balling. He is a balling. Holiday rookie card, not his true paper. Like we're oh, going good. below the true paper here. Okay. Oh my god! Wait, where? All right, where? You know how e we talked about the Efes list last week? Yeah. What would be like the cheapest, the cheapest low five rookie cards you could get? I think. It, what's worse? Would it be opening oh. day, big league? Or... Um, I am a Topps Archives hater. Because yeah. it implements the good stuff of heritage, but it's so much so so scatterbrained. Yeah, it's oversaturation. Well, now, yeah. Um, two cards I am keeping from this order. Yeah. Um, I sent a 2020 tops Mookie Betts rainbow foil, um, first year Dodgers card, nice. and PSA ten. Cool. Hey, happy. Maybe, maybe what's, the, 
maybe pop got to be low. 50 bucks or something like that. But yeah. hey, like Hall of Famer parallels, don't care if they're vets. I mean, don't work care if it's not first year. I think that's cool to get in a PSA 10. And one other card that I got was a Garrett Cole. I sent this obviously as a personal. His yeah. 2020 tops now, card number 248. And something that's very cool about the card is that he's wearing an NYPD hat. Oh, it's a short print? It's not a short print, but it's a top now card. Oh, tops now card. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. tops now card. I Yankees were doing something that day. Nice. And it was just a straight up cool card that, like, for $15, I kind that's of. That's awesome. I just wanted it slab. Yeah, that's cool as hell. You're you're New you're a New Yorker by heart. I don't know if the listeners all know that, but uh, you're you're from New York. You go to school in uh, North Carolina now, but you're a big Yankees fan. I I growing up, 2002 tops had a lot of uh, 9/11 inserts, and <laughs> I had a nice uh, Yankees Mets one with Piazza wearing the NYPD hat. Growing up, that was a sick card. I always like thought that was cool, even without any idea of what like, what was going on as a kid. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, the worst part about this is this was one of the only subs that I did that was $15 a card. And I want I would like to think that my eye has gotten a little bit better since then. Mm-hmm. But four PSA 7s, one PSA 6, that's a that's a massacre. Yeah, do you want to um, tell people how, like, how do you get one, better at... I do want to shout out Joe Collect, Jay Collects one on okay. Twitter, who what is it? a longtime Project 2020 friend of mine, who introduced me to that Garrett Cole card when it was printed. Oh, nice. And there is, I mean, it's part of the same people that still go hard on Project 2020, Project 70. Yeah. Also, I think gravitated towards Tops Now to at least some extent due to it being online releases. Yeah. But the little sticks like that, that, okay, aren't necessarily um, Fauci first pitch level of popularity, but I thought the goal, the Garrett Cole NYPD hat was cool. Um, I know there's definitely fanfare politics aside, of the Washington Nationals inauguration set after they won yeah. the World Series because there's pictures with Soto at the podium and Trump has a few cameos. Yeah. And those are just cool cards to display. So for sure. I think another one that might become iconic is like the Franco call up, like the OG one. Like that's oh wow. Card. I mean I only ordered 120 of those. Yeah, do you pull any parallels? None. Damn. That's so brutal. Oh my God. I want to say I, it's a 50- uh... 54,000 card print run, so the odds were yeah. not in my favor. But I did my diligence on that. Yes. Yeah, Still have not gotten that from that same day. My Wander Franco base autograph, excuse me, game used base autographed memorabilia card that I ordered from Tops Now. I call them bi weekly. I'm not happy with them. So yeah, I know, when you see I know about this. I know you do. I know everyone does. But when you see those nice, juicy C.J. Abrams, Bobby Witt, Julio Rodriguez, Tops Now Autos for like $100, that three to four month processing time, right now I'm in month 10 of my Wanda Franco. Yeah. Educate the people. Tops takes a long time on their redemptions. That's something people need to know before you you enter Um, into a redemption relationship. (laughs) Related, but um, tangent. Um, Yeah. I don't know how much you obviously follow basketball. What am I saying? Uh, do you yeah. know Shaden Sharp? Yes. You do? Yes. Um, I don't know why I – this was – I'm saying this very stupidly. This and <laughs> maybe with some stigma, but I uh, – Yeah. He had a Bowman Next autograph that yeah. dropped the first card. 
um, one of one super factor. And I flurried and I bought it. <laughs> yeah. I, you told me this this week because I opened up a, a Topps Chrome oh, yeah. Overtime Elite box and you told me about this. Um, I am oh, still have not decided what's up with draft. That's the biggest part. He declared for the draft. He was not expected to. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's important. And it's likely now top five pick. So I am ready for part two. My body is ready for more pain in more pain. as much of a non after hours reference as possible. More value loss by tops taking forever with their redemptions. <laughs> That's value that loss for me, not for tops. They're yeah, getting true. it. Tops doesn't care. They already got their money from you. They already got their money and they don't want to give it back to me. But hey, I got two 10% coupon codes after month eight. <laughs> Jesus. Did you see the uh, Tops just put out that they're going to release a uh, set for Shet Holmgren, the NBA prospect from Gonzaga? Yeah. It looks, um, it looks a lot like the Trevor Lawrence set they put out last year. Actually, I did not see that. At first, I thought you were referring to the Tops, pro- the Tops cards done by uh, former Project 70 artists. I know Blake Jameson. He's doing Mike one. Cal- of them. Mike Halby and Jacob Rochester each have three cards. Yeah, that's the set I'm talking about. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying like a pure Trevor Lawrence like issued esque set. It's it's. I mean, it, dude. I mean, the cards kind of look similar. I think it's kind of a similar idea. Trevor yeah. Lawrence, dude. For the record, that man. I know. Did his siblings design some of the cards? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, I think it was like his brother or something who designed those. But that dude has more cards than any human being within a year of their career than anyone. And in he's the not not even the best quarterback in his class. Yeah, there's gonna be so many. So much random like cards of these quarterbacks in the ten years, twenty years, like dang, like if Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is gonna have so Tommy, many of these cards. Question: How many second year Tom Brady cards are there? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that, Max, because I was just looking at that last night. So there are eight total cards. So that includes like four types or five, yeah, types of cards. That means that like four or five of those are like really low serial numbered cards. And then there's like one memorabilia. There's two base cards. So Tom Brady, second year Tom Brady, there's only two base cards. I'm, I was texting Max this because I saw someone on Twitter posted a 2001 Tom Brady graded card. And I was like, damn, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen a 2001 Tom Brady card. I know I've seen a ton of 2002. So I looked up, saw, went up and set, tried to see like how many 2001 Tom Brady cards there were. And there are literally only eight different ones. So that could be a fun collection. I would love to see a collection where someone has every single 2001 Tom Brady card. I'm just pro cards and I want to see people have crazy collections no matter what. Yeah. Did you, did you see any cool collections this week? I saw some, I saw a few cards that I want to shout out this week that I saw on social media. Uh, you go first. I'll All be right. inspired by you. So there's a guy on Instagram that I love. His name is trees collectibles. Um, he has a lot of the fun, like, non-sports stuff that i that i love uh, i saw that he had a uh, 50 cent signed card so you know that i have the uh, first pitch 50 cent card he had that one signed by 50 cent authenticated in a psa slab so that was pretty cool and then uh, another card that i saw this week that i want to shout out is from a uh, sunsport trading co on uh, instagram he has some of the coolest f1 vintage cards i've ever seen in my life not that that's something i really know about but i know that they're sick and this week he posted a Teddy Roosevelt rookie card, the rookie card of Teddy Roosevelt. That Do you know is... what you know about that? I mean, I'm putting you on the spot, but that sounds. Um, cool. no, no, no. I got it. I got it pulled up right here. It's a na- oh, 1894 okay. Fairbanks soap Theodore Roosevelt PSA authentic altered pop one three higher. So that means probably three of them are not altered. Um, but if you if anyone's on Instagram, Sunsport Training Co on Instagram automatic follow you see some of the see some cards i like just don't see anywhere else on the internet 
That is cool. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of other cool cards that I saw this week. No, I put you um, on the spot with that one. You are putting me on the spot with this one. No, but I wanted to talk about uh, something that we talked about last week and just kind of wrap that up for people. Uh, yes. The we talked about the EFIS list last week. And list. And I know you have some this, thoughts on this. I have some thoughts on this. So you have the list pulled up offhand? Or I can pull um, it up. I, I, I can, I, well, I think we talked about like what the list was last yeah. week. So, so I think we can kind of just jump into you, it. Like, okay, good. I bought myself some time so I could look at it myself. Um, nice. Essentially, top 10 list of someone whose Tommy's met at Culture Collision in Atlanta. Um, yes. I started following his page at Ephus Pitch on Instagram. E-E-P-H-U-S underscore P-I-T-C-H. Mm-hmm. And... He knows how to collect. He gets it. Yep. It was hard to say. Otherwise, but does he get it after this After this controversial finishing this? to the list? Last week's episode, we were going over the top 10. Um, cards 10 through 3 were released. And the top 2 were left to be revealed in the following days. Um, so, so far from 10 upwards, we have the Bowman's Best Atomic Refractor, Top's Flagship Gold, the Bowman Chrome Super Short Print, Tops Chrome Sapphire, Stadium Club Super Short Print, Tops Flagship Black, Tops Chrome Gold Refractor, and the number three spot was the Tops Heritage Throwback. And this is a list of the best, not necessarily the most valuable, the most in the manner, the most liquid, but the most, I would say, esteemed non-auto rookie cards. Yeah, the, collect, the collector's clout list. Like, the collector's it, clout list. Well yes. said. Nice alliteration, Mr. Yes, Pete yes. The uh, collector's clout. But, so I... I speculated that i thought a shoot the super short print flagship would be one of the final two and then i think we both agreed that we assumed the tops chrome super fractor would be number one correct so tommy's prediction was correct that the image variation super short print it was the number two card and i liked that i liked that pick um i know ephus pitched the list writer he has a little bit of a fondness for those. Yeah. And I think it you can't really dilute more image variations. Um, I used to have a more, you know, I'd say back in 2019, pre-boom. Yeah. For um, parallels gold, your lowest numbered parallel, or your highest numbered parallel is out of the current year or out of 2019 at that time. Yeah. But your prints aren't regulated. They aren't serial numbered. They can boost the print run and no one will know. And I want to say at the time they were like a little bit higher than golds. I want to say they were in the twenty five hundred to three thousand print run range. Just going this offhand, yeah. And I liked that, but in this context, and now that we're post boom, now that parallels are being diluted, we have like three different ice parallels in tops paper and lots of different Bowman first edition parallels. That although they're very short numbered there's a lot more parallels and there's less, not less significance each individual parallel. The image variation, there's three different types of image variations for and each no par- And no parallels of those variations. So, Except you know, for Chrome, yeah. which is weird, which we'll get into. Which which leads us to what was the final, which was the uh, the number one. Number one most desirable to- rookie card ended up being the Topps Chrome short print. You know offhand how many years they've been doing Topps Chrome SSPs? I want to say three, four years. Four years? Does that sound right? Did Soto have one? 
No, Soto definitely did not. Have so, it. so 2019 probably is the first year. Oh right? no, 2019 had no rookie short prints entirely for Chrome. So 2020. Uh, things we should have looked at beforehand anyway well i'll correct this on next week's pod okay that was the number one and it was a top part of my thinking of that was that i don't think there's enough history to this parallel yeah and part of it hinges on the success of louise robert bobachette um etc yeah but uh just quickly saying like so the number one decision was the tops chrome short print which i think me and max respectfully disagree with um, yes there's not um, the, we think that there's not the history behind it i get that you're kind of ephus was a little bit projecting and i think he was self-aware about it he's just like i think this will become more and more of a thing that is like yeah. established in the hobby and will become the most desirable one i think that my initial reaction is just negative to that i don't know why i think that the super fractor is kind of an easy number one i guess he kind of just i don't know why he ignored the super fractor because he had some he had the gold refractor but uh, if we're looking at tradition and the only you know to put it bluntly, the only parallels that mean something or mean the most are tops chrome gold. Oh, excuse me, tops paper gold, tops paper black. Um, then for chrome, it's your gold refractor, your black refractor, which I believe hasn't been printed since 2016. Yes. And you can argue red out of five has a lot of significance, but I'd say the super refractor has more significance than the red chrome. And I mean, the black refractor isn't being printed anymore. The other three. We're all in the list. So I think superfractors are powerful. They're iconic. Panini copies it as gold vinyls. I think that is a testament to just how much weight they have. Yeah, wait, do you want to, can you, all right. So first of all, we, we love Ethos Pitch. We just respectfully disagree with this ending to this list. And Max, oh. you, you proposed an interesting tweet that I want to see what your responses were to that this week. You did a tweet this week that was, which one would you rather have? And you posted the Luis Robert Gold Refractor Tops Chrome Rookie Card next to the Gold Refractor of the SP or the Photo Variation Tops Chrome Luis Robert Rookie Card, both numbered out of 50. So there is no difference in rarity, but one of them is the Photo Variation Gold and one of them is the Base Card Gold. And what was the response that you got from people on that? I will say I was surprised a bit by mm-hmm. the responses because I feel like I am sometimes a little bit provoking in my sponsors yes and this was not i was a little bit surprised because it felt like the my predicted response not my personal response but i would have expected people to say the gold image variation okay i don't know the values offhand between the two and the differences between the two yeah but oh image variation is rarer so i want the thing that's definitively more rare but a significant amount of responses preferred the true gold, which as a collector, I'm happy for. Yeah. Because yeah. I agree with that too. I mean, I, I honestly had the, I had a different expectation than you. I thought people, I thought it would be overwhelming. People would prefer the base gold refractor to the short print, the variation one. Um, pod friend of the podcast, Josh L chin. Legend. Responded, um, thank you. People don't get that SPs. Are numbered the same when serialed who um that was in response at saratoga slabs another good friend of the podcast uh they are numbered the same the right which is the non-sg sure. yeah, is right. the true image rookie gold refractor and just the weight that that carries i think is much more significant so i'm glad from a collection standpoint that's understood and that 
uh, people side towards me because my opinions are always right, of course. Of course. <laughs> no, nah, but I, I, that was just a good I, question. I, I, I thought that was interesting. No, thank you for bringing that up. Um, a little bit less minor of that because, I mean, I was just scrolling my slabs. <laughs> yeah, which, <laughs> which was, you do all the time. <laughs> which I do all the time, right? And it's easy yeah. just because, like, I can screenshot something and you can see the difference. Yeah. Um, one buyer, excuse me, one seller put two, I'll, I'll say this more succinctly. Mm -hmm. A seller, this is one seller, had a PSA 10 gold refractor Bowman Chrome Luis Robert rookie card, non-auto PSA 10, listed yeah. for $1,500. Mm -hmm. He had a, he also had a 2020 Bowman Chrome Luis Robert gold refractor autograph PSA 9, listed for $1,450. Okay. So it makes you think, what would you rather have, the non-auto 10 or the autographed 9? And just Same print run? Same print run? Both serial numbered out of 50. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. I, so, I mean, you know what I, I, I like. No, yeah. Good to make that clear. Yeah. Um, I think what provokes the question is just that the seller has the Autograph price at, at 1450 and the non-autograph 10 at 1500 So a $50 little difference. <laughs> I love that he did that. Shows the seller's preference in that he would rather have the, or the very least values higher, the PSA 10 non-autograph. I was thinking. Asking prices and not sold prices. Yeah. I was going to say that I bet you he got the, uh, the auto 9 for a lot less than he got the PSA 10 uh, non-auto. And that's why they, he's pricing them differently. Um, at Gaby Cardstacks said the smart degenerates will say the nine so they can crack and resub until they get a 10, which there is a lot of truth to that for sure. Oh, do you, do, we, do we want to talk about cracking slabs? We, we discussed ABS, but I think that this is a, a key part of the always be subbing thing that we might have forgot about, which is your, your concept of cracking slabs, how, how aggressive you are with it, um, um, maybe your philosophy. It's another it. thing to do, which I am... I'm happy to do things with cards. And this time <laughs> yep. I'm getting a little bit of a euphoria. Getting something out of the case and getting my my pliers, getting my screwdriver, getting to work and popping it out of its cage, out of its prison. Yeah. Um, both from a monetary standpoint and collecting standpoint, there are a lot of cards in, especially in the 2000s and 2010s in excuse me, Beckett 9.5 folders. Yeah. Beckett 9.5 holders. And, and it's nowadays, I'd say like, let's say circa 2019, 2020, if something's in a Beckett slab, it's because it wasn't sent to PSA or it's a Bowman Chromato because Bowman yeah. Chromato still have a lot of weight in Beckett slabs. Yeah. And really for the two tens, it wasn't nearly as distinct difference between the two. And in some cases, Beckett was the one, you can argue if it was the 1A or even the 1B between PSA. So two things, two slabs I cracked in the past week. I believe I touched this on last week's episode. Mm -hmm. I bought a BGS 9.5 Bowman Chrome Draft Mike Trout rookie card. It was a true gem, 9.5s on all the subgrades. Yep. And I cracked it open. And there is a corner that very clearly i did not think would warrant a psa 10 not to say that it was a bad corner yeah but it's a but psa 9 but i was thinking okay this is a slam dunk nine 
I don't think this is 10ing. So keep subbing until a 10, maybe sometimes not always 100% guaranteed. Yeah. And I sold and traded it at, let's just say, a 300-ish dollar loss. So there are absolutely risks to this. And I'm just saying this on a small scale. Yeah. Some people do this with five-figure cards like it's nothing. Crazy. Wild. And, and, do that. But I respect it. I respect it yeah. so much. And on the converse, um, something that came from my alt mail day from only at only alt, mm-hmm. the vaulting service. Rescan that Holland. Rescan the Holland. Yes. Rescan the cards that with that do not have good scans like my Holland sticker. Yeah. But um, I ordered a BGS 9.5, um, 39.5 subgrades. The surface had a nine, cracked it open. Card is beautiful. And so it was a, I don't know if I said, it was a 2013 Giannis Antetokounmpo prism rookie card. And Wait, it's beautiful. It, it was in a, it was in a BGS 9.5. It was a BGS 9.5. This is a mm-hmm. 2013 card. Yeah. So card. it's not like it was picked over and sent to PSA because it wouldn't get a PSA 10. Yeah. Offhand comps are about fifteen hundred for a PSA ten. I paid eight hundred fifty dollars for my BGS nine five, and I want to say nines PSA nines are doing about six fifty to seven hundred. So the risk is there in cracking it for sure. The risk is there, um, but let's just say if it tends. And granted, this is a card that is still considered gem mint by a third party grading company. Yeah, it's a PSA ten, not counting grading fees and shipping, insurance, etc. Um, that's a near double up. That's about a $650 profit. Mm-hmm. And if it nines, that's about a $200 loss. Yeah. So, so the math makes sense to try and attempt. And when I cracked it, it looked very good. There were a few under very bright light. You can see a few subtle print lines, not a few subtle back print lines, not even print lines on the front, yeah. print lines on the back that you could only really see under light that didn't hurt the fundamental eye appeal. So that one was sent out in my outgoing order on Friday, and I'm hoping for good results with that. Yeah, and I something that you said there piqued my my attention, which was the math works out. And that is something that I think I see a lot of people ask that on the timeline and on social media in general about cards. They're like, is this worth it? Is this is it worth it for me to crack this 9-5? And I think you answered that question really well there. You said, the, what are the odds of me getting a 10 from PSA? And what is that price difference between the 9.5 and the 10? And then what are the odds I get a, a PSA 9? And what's the difference between the BGS 9.5 and the PSA 9 price? Yeah. And what, what are my expected? What are the chances of me losing money? And how much money would I lose? And what are the chances of me making money? And how much money would I make? Yeah. And uh, something that's interesting is it all depends on the different mentality. Yeah. Um, I know some people, I don't want to name names because I don't want to like leak financial strategies or how people spend their own money. Yeah. There is one person who very much comes to mind with this of that some people would rather avoid and eliminate every chance of a loss if it means that, and they'll avoid opportunity where they're getting into a card where they could be at a loss Yeah. if it means just hitting the wins that are safe and consistent. And look, I'm for hitting safe and consistent wins. It's just that they don't grow on trees. I can't put in, you know, I, if everyone, if there's free and consistent wins everywhere, then everyone goes to run with it. But yeah. um, that's risk, which risk is fun when it's healthy and calculated. It adds something to do. It makes you feel really good if it pans out. And worst comes to worst, you did a lottery shot that was in your favor. And if the expected value is in my favor, I will try to do it all the time. And I think that's part of the fun because there's it's something that you can do with your cards, not only for enjoyment, but improving the value of your own collection and having a good time and adding new cards that you may not even sell at the end all. 
Yeah, and it, it's so easy to lose money in the hobby. Like, there's so many I'm ways kidding. where your expected value is negative and, like, you're going to lose money no matter what, basically, in the long run. And this is something where, like, you can get better at this. There are people who consistently make money and they, quote, unquote, beat the market with collecting, basically, by doing stuff like this. I and people are going to hate me for bringing it up, but what is the healthiest way to get a similar rise to ripping wax? But it's actually positive and always in your favor no matter what tops now tops now yeah tops. your expected value the expected value that the parallels and uh i think you know i your argument for tops now and why you like it so much you know it hits for me and i i ran into a twitter account this week that i actually kind of want to talk about that i i love personally as a collector and i as a new, no you're not going to know this account it has like 200 followers it's called save e tops <laughs> on twitter and it's basically an account that's just like we love etops bring back etops it was ahead of its time i think i've and, seen it before yeah and they they replied to my obama uh first pitch one which we were debating if i should crack but the centering is way too off for it to crack so it's a bgs8 no subgrades but uh i'm gonna leave that in the case for now even though that it's you hate it bulky and ugly i'm not even saying crack it to resubmit but i'm just saying get that in a nice beautiful one touch yeah, true. And that, you know, I might I might send that to Cards Max to crack for for me. So uh, we'll see about that. That is a, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a sick card. And uh, I didn't know how sick. See, the thing about Etops is that like it was different than Tops now, in that there was only one card, and you would just order that one card, and it was serial numbered. So they couldn't do that nowadays. There'd be too many people trying to buy that card, right? Probably. Yeah, but I did. I I you know if you. The people that bought ETOPS cards, they if they held them this long, they're making bans on those nowadays. Yes. Um, it's very niche. It's something that you have to introduce to someone. Um, it reminds me of a dealer. I don't know this dealer personally, but I see his showcase whenever I go to my card shows on Long Island. And he has a, I want to say multiple showcases of ETOPS. Mm-hmm. And they're cool, wow. but... There, it's the same cards every single time. Seems like he doesn't get much movement. Seems yeah. more like a show off than a, you know, garner transactions. That's fine though. And, I I support de- I support dealers at card shows having like a display case to like talk yeah. about whatever their collection is. But I support it's, that. It's indicative of people not buying them and wanting to immerse themselves in it. Yeah, and I think that it brings back to like something that I I you, I talk about this a lot, but like lowering the barrier for entry into the hobby. Like tops now is has a high barrier for entry for people. Like you yes. can like it's confusing a little bit. Are ten dollars each in bulk? They are four dollars each, and maybe you can snifty your way a little bit with coupon codes. Yeah, and that's what you do. <laughs> yes, maybe. Because I'm. What are way, yeah. What are ways that you can decrease the price of tops now cards? Do you want to tell people? Um. Sure. Um. I guess if we're really getting into the math. Um. Also. Weird. Everyone should use this extension. I'm obviously not biased. There's no referral code in the comments, probably. But um, Top Cashback is a browser extension similar to Rakuten. And it is 3% cashback on all your house orders. Oh, wow. It's sketchy. Tommy, did you not know this? Dude, I did not know this. Tell me more. No, um, 3% cashback on all your house orders. What's the Um, extension called? Um top cashback one p in top top cashback one p in top got it 
Yes, topcashback.com. Um, I'm pretty sure how these browser extensions make money. They probably have a deal with Tops, and you know, dabble with Target, with you know, IKEA, with Best Buy, all these other places, right? Yeah. And they probably get a cut for, for having people use their browser extension link. Yeah, I would that's imagine. I would imagine that's a business model. But if yeah. you use this browser, you enable it when you're on Tops.com, and you do purchase, you get three percent cash back. So that's already three percent off. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you are a silly degenerate who's addicting to buying trading cards like myself, yes. first of all, always have a Tops.com account and log Top. in, making sure that you're getting Tops Now loyalty rewards points. Yes. Um, and you get, as a Hall of Fame member, as someone who buys a lot of items, you <laughs> get four points for every $1 spent. Oh, wow. Which you can use on Tops Now coupons. You know so, where I'm a, a Hall of Fame rewards member? I'm Where a Hall of Fame at Chick-fil-A. At Chick-fil-A? Yeah. I go to a lot of I go to Chick-fil-A often. Yeah. Too much for my own good. Unofficial um, sponsor of the Young Old Heads podcast, Chick-fil-A. Moderately official. Moderately official. All right. Continue though. Continue and though. That you can use those for tops now coupon codes. Yeah. And that essentially becomes four percent cash back. Mm-hmm. And then if we're getting technical, if you use credit cards responsibly. Responsibly. And- and you use the cash back from that. That can be anywhere from one. I want to say most cards are one to two percent um, cash back. I know the credit card I use has a cap for online purchases, but mm-hmm. for each quarter. But it's three percent off, three percent cash back on all online purchases. Yeah. So when you add that up, that's three percent plus three percent plus four percent. That's ten percent off already your order. Okay. Yeah. And that's this is why I love hearing you talk about it. And if you sneak through Facebook groups or Twitter, or maybe you ask people on Instagram, some people who just buy stuff off tops don't realize that they have these loyalty now points that they can get. And also these coupons are only usable on tops now. You cannot use them on other top products. Yeah. And the other alternatives for these points are like tops now card of a month. And I think there's a few other very small bonuses, but the most attractive option are top style coupon codes. And I try to buy my coupon codes at about uh, 50 cents on the dollar. Granted, I mean, I want to say that's usually the going rate. Sometimes if you don't show your cards right, you will walk yourself, you know, if you're, you can usually get them for $20 on $20 for $40 codes. And you want to prioritize $40 codes because you can only use one coupon code per order. And that's the most you can get off. That is the most you can get off forty dollars. You want to use yep. that on the twenty pack. So really, with with using a forty dollar coupon, actually the math is the same with on a ten card pack. There's a lot of math. I do the yeah. math. Often. We we have lost half our viewership, but the other half is like so intrigued. Yes, by what you're exactly. talking about. There's definitely like a polar split. Yeah, and that's fine. And you goes down to three dollars a card. I can get even on a fifty four thousand printed. Wanda Franco tops now, you are not losing a $3 a card. No. Period. I want to say, I did sell all 120 of mine. Um, I want to say wow. I sold them at a, no, uh, it took a few months. Actually, no, it didn't even take very long. I want to say I sold them all by August, by August or September, and the card was released June 23rd. Mm-hmm. Um, also, someone bulk bought a ton. Like they went to my eBay page yeah. and like they took all the remaining quantity. Oh, <laughs> but, wow. it, but I was, Granted, also because I'm getting it at coupon codes, 
I was doing it very low at like $4.50. And I could afford to do this since I was buying them with coupon codes and with the aforementioned cashbacks. And, you know, let's say eBay plus, you know, processing fee is 30 cents. eBay takes 40 cents plus a little change, let's say 45 cents. eBay PWE is 50 cents. So that's like $1.20. So let's just say if they buy one, when you're doing your bare bones, maximizing your entry, breaking even but the biggest thing with ebay pwe which some people are a little scared about but i always do free shipping so yeah the is the same flat no matter what and if people buy multiple i'm saving huge because i'm not expending another 50 cents per yeah, well, not yeah, 50 cents on the plain white envelope and i'm not being hit with another processing fee for 30 cents which isn't significant on a 30 dollar card but yeah. on cards worth that are four dollars and fifty cents it's massive so you're saving about 80 cents per card when someone buys multiple. And on a card that bulk sells for $4 before tax, that's big. I mean, if you're getting yeah. a dollar margin on each card, that's you're making 25%. Yeah, and that's, that's massive. And this is for a 54,000 counts printed card that was relative to the pops now, tops now printed to oblivion. And let's just say most cards you can sell at 7 to $8. I sold some F1 cards up for like eight fifty. Yeah. Some Guanyao, I'm going to butcher that. Some, yeah, we don't need. You don't even need to say the name. No, but he. I mean, he is an acclaimed uh, rookie F1 driver. Yeah. And I was parallel chasing him, and I don't know if I hit a parallel yet, but I pre-sold some of them at eight dollars fifty cents per. When I'm entry is three dollars. That's great. And if you hit a parallel, that makes the order both more fun and cool. Although. This year, or at least in recent weeks, I've had terrible quality control on my parallels. Yeah. Well, uh, the reason I, all right. So, first of all, that was really in depth. In depth. There's one more secret. I feel like I shouldn't say it on the podcast. I don't, are you done talking about the shipping secret? Don't tell the secret. Don't, don't talk about that. I'll keep under wraps. Yeah. That one, I don't, I don't know if that one's morally. uh, Well, you just leaked it, but whatever. Moving on. No, no, no. All right. The reason I had you, I wanted to talk about this is because. I think when I first got back into collecting, I would go on eBay and I would see Tops Now cards selling for like less than $10. And I would be like, how are people selling? How are people making money on this? Like this card is $10 if I try to buy it from tops.com. How are people selling these for $4 free shipping? Like there's no way that's profitable. But you just explained how it can be profitable. It's all about cutting your margins down as much as you possibly can. And, you know, getting the obtaining a card for the, like, the least possible amount of money and then selling it, you know, maybe below what other people are selling for, but you move them quicker. Um, and then even, let's say, even if you're taking like, you know, a, some people are afraid just to be in the red, like a two cent loss, but you know, or whatever, like let's just yeah. say theoretically, but if you're chasing a 50, hundred dollar, maybe even more valuable card just from hitting that. Yeah. So part price. of my, I mean, granted with tops now you're breaking even a profiting if you move all the bulk at $4 per almost guaranteed yeah. on almost all situations and you're winning and then some with the parallel, but this is my, healthier alternative for when i want to gamble or when i want to because ripping wax is fun and be heart-wrenching yeah it's heart-wrenching but it's fun and it, that, and it is addicting it's addicting and, it, and it's a negative expected value every single time lowest place on the cast system of collecting yeah so, and, but, but the thing is that is it is an essential and not going anywhere aspect of the hobby you know absolutely and you, you do something, I mean, we, I think this, this is a topic for another day, but we'll talk about uh, 
pack odds and how you calculate print runs and everything another day. But uh, that that's also something that I want you to get deep in the math on at some point with people. Yes. Yeah, that'll be that'll be week week I seven. Will. Week seven. Uh, is there anything else, Max, that you is on your mind? What are we kind of we? You were getting a little hot about printing plates before this. Do you want to you want to touch on that real quick? I actually have a little. Um, I'm pro printing plates. I like printing plates with iconic cards. I don't like when you autograph non autographed printing plates. Well, collect what you love. Yeah, collect what you love. Collect what you love. Collect how you love. Um, one of ones though. What? One of ones though. One of ones, one of ones one signed. One. But then it makes me think. Okay, signed base cards are cool. IP autos of base cards are cool. Um, what beats an IP auto of a base card? Well, an IP auto of a parallel. Sure, why not? Yeah. You know. But then it's like, at what point are you dwindling the scarcity? Yeah, I agree. And uh, can I give you my? I had an offer accepted as I woke up this morning on eBay on a printing plate, and I was doing a little prospecting in a way that I don't know if I've ever talked about how I've been prospecting this guy. Um, this is not your traditional prospecting where you go get some guy in the minors in a sport or a young guy in a sport. This is a non-sport prospecting I just did. And I don't know. I don't I don't think I told you about this yet. But uh, I non-sport prospected once. It didn't go well. I non I'm non-sport prospecting Pete Buttigieg 2001 upper deck or 2021 upper deck Goodwin champions cards. Is that his first card? He has decision cards, which I am declaring not real. Does he have tops now? He does not have tops now. Okay. He has no tops cards. If that's um, are you targeting base or parallels? I bought a printing plate. Ooh. For $25. So. Okay. I support that. I don't. I, as I said, I collect all political cards. I just think that there's a chance he's the next president. And if he's the next president, I have a printing plate of him that I got for 25 bucks, And that'll be worth well, more than bucks. Is Leaf Decision packs, Or is that complete set? I think it's packs, but Leaf Decision, dude, is a topic yeah. for another day. I just, it just, I don't know if I even really count Leaf products, dude, in general. Like, um, I'm talking modern Leaf products. Why I go back and forth on the significance of non-sports cards, because part of it is just... Um, is it just someone else going to capitalize on it? Like I've discussed um, Kurt Cobain's first card with you yeah. many times as a Nirvana fan. And there is only one set released in 1994, which is the year of his death. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm granted Nirvana had a very quick rise to fame. Yeah. So being able to print cards in like 93 would have been like very difficult, but you know, he died in 94 almost all of his cards are 95 and later there are a few cards and it's like yeah. okay well how much are they just trying to capitalize on his death or not necessarily in that bad way but just trying to you know promote nirvana or after they're already big yeah and for someone collecting it, i don't want a card that exists just because it's a card i want you know the rookie card you know why do we all draw into it well yeah. it's because when the player was least known part of why bowman chrome will be the prospector set and rookie cards top from rookie cards won't is because there is less demand for a player two years later, and that makes it more scarce. Yeah, and I think that that's an important point, and I respect your point about non-sports cards, just kind of how random it is almost. Just, like, it is too random to, like, have, like, a coherent collection of, like, all these non-sport rookie cards. Like, they would just be so random. If you looked at them together, you probably wouldn't know that they're all connected. And uh, I'm optimistic that Fanatics is going to figure out a way 
I don't know if this zero cool brand is going to be it for them, but some way of making a little bit more of a standardized non-sports rookie card for certain things, I think would be important for the hobby. I think getting more people into the hobby that are not into sports is going to be something big in the next five to 10 years. So um, I'm interested to see how they do it. And to a lesser extent, Goodwin champions do a good job at that. Yeah. Goodwin champions. They put in a chromium card this year. That is pretty sick. So, uh, I will be. I I spent all night looking at Goodwin Champions eBay auctions. So I'll talk. I'm gonna. Oh shoot! I was supposed to buy a Adrian Wojnarowski autograph to this one. Um, what are your five most recent buys on eBay? What is your my five oh, most recent buys? Right, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll end on this. We'll what? end on this. I said we'll end on this. Great. Okay, we'll end on this. We'll end on my, this. My my uh, my five my five most recent purchases is on eBay. On 420, I bought a card. Do you want to guess who I bought a card of on 420? Um, Chi and Chong. So close. Modern Chi and Chong, kind of uh, Seth Rogen. Okay. Who has autos from his Green Hornet movie. And I bought a memorabilia card for about 15 More bucks. of a super bad guy myself. Yeah. No, and I wish there were super bad cards. Or, but, uh, uh, Fast Times at Richmond High, even more so. Yes. Oh, legendary card. Um, my, other, my other most recent buy is I bought a... 2011 hope diamond of buster posey hugging ryan wilson it's an iconic card as a giants fan um, is it if you're a giants year? fan it is a second year posey i mean it's 2011 but it's like of him it's like the moment they won the world series it's the picture of him hugging brian wilson as they win it's a hope diamond i got it for less than a hundred dollars and i am hyped about that so that's my out other 60, recent purchase right? what out of 60 right yeah out of 60 hope diamonds were made uh 2011 they're one year parallel because they're for the 60th anniversary of tops um my other two recent ones were i bought two 2002 gold parallels i bought a cc sabathia and jimmy rollins for my gold cup book um those are two guys that i loved growing up and then uh yeah the people judge is my other one okay cool um, how are you my i'll give my recent six because some of them are a little bit repetitive yeah um i bought four cards last night actually um nice digging to a common theme i bought a charizard rainbow v-star secret rare from brilliant stars part of it is because i'm looking for cleaner stuff part of it is because send it off hope to profit a little bit but i mean the first one is probably going to be kept for myself frankly if the margin max vault charizard vault uh the second is a salamance ex from ex deoxys another pokemon card I paid above comps. This is a bit of a pricier card, but this is a 2004 and chef's kiss looks immaculate. Looks pretty. I've said this last week, but part of the allure of mid 2000s Pokemon is that there's so few of it. I want to say there's 23 PSA tens and 74 PSA nines when I checked last night and tens of any cards in these era, let alone these EXs and these double X's are four figure cards or flirt with it. So if I am lucky with that, that'd be very nice. Um, then it's a Hidden Fates Charizard SV49, um, the big shiny Charizard Hidden Fates card that's pretty iconic. Um, another one that's probably the flip. Um, then a Dialga Level X. Okay, we're at number, card number four now. Dialga Level X, Hollow Rare, 2007, nostalgia for me. I see this card. I'm like, well, these are from the tins I opened as a kid. Looked clean. Um, another Charizard XY121 promo. This is a full art from 2016. The images are cool. XY promo 2016 stuff is 
when they started experimenting with full arts and alternate arts. So you can kind of see how it's evolved from 2016 to now. And the last card, card number six, which goes off the only non-Pokemon card on this list, was a 2013 Topps Chrome Black Refractor out of 100 Manny Machado. Um, it is a BGS 9.5. Um, I believe it's a True Gen Plus with... No, just kidding. It has two 10 subgrades, one 9.5 and nine centering. Nine centering doesn't concern me much since that means um, but it's usually 60-40 exact. And I'm looking forward to cracking that out of its plastic cage, maybe sending it off to PSA. I like Machado and Arenado a lot just because they, from a war and all-star game appearances standpoint, they are doing better than their other peers to the extent to where it's likely that they're Hall of Famers if they continue this pace. And I'm not sure what I'm going to do with the card long-term, but both from financial standpoint and from a fun standpoint, giving me something to do, that was a fun card to buy. You're muted. That's a definitely an interesting card to be buying. I, I think eventually we're going to have to do a podcast on like undervalued guys, guys you see as long-term holds. We'll do that another week. Um, but I wanted to just appreciate i appreciate your time max you're a genius um if people have questions about all the math that you spit spewed at them this week do you want to tell them maybe about where they can find us later in the week to, t- to ask you questions oh um you go to twitter.com the bird app go to at cardsmax, press the follow button follow at tv sports cards as well yep and every tuesday at 8 p.m i do a twitter space it is pretty liberal mic and you know nearly everyone can speak i don't want to say anyone can speak but like you know any if, if you look like you collect cards you know and you have something to say tickle yeah. my brain i'll tickle yours and we'll get right into the numbers the fun what's hot what's not and a bunch of other you know twitter and real life friends that are booming to this cost cardboard yep and uh, i'll also say that our dms are also always open you know if there's any questions about what we talked about on here uh feel free to dm us on twitter or instagram i also wanted to give a quick shout out to ephus pitch because he actually had his uh he had a son born i think yesterday so uh, oh, congratulations wow. to him Incredible. i saw that on instagram just congratulations now. to him yeah congratulations and uh yeah max this was fun i always am learning so much about how to make money what is the history of cards what's weird niches you can get into from you so I always appreciate your time, and uh, we'll be back next week, and uh, who knows what we'll be talking about. Some cards, probably, right? Yeah, probably some cards. Probably some card talks. So, uh, yeah, we'll see everybody next week. Same time, same place. Apple Podcast. Hopefully, we'll be on YouTube next week, too. Or Spotify. <laughs> or Spotify. We'll see if we can yeah, get on Spotify. Yeah, you need to get a producer to get to work. Yeah, the pro- oh, freaking producer of Young Old Heads needs to get on his stuff. So, we'll, we'll be seeing you guys next week. Peace out. Peace out.